Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership. We're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Are you thinking about starting a podcast but don't know where to start? Let me take a second to tell you about Anchor by Spotify. It's the easiest way to make a podcast with everything you need, all one place. Anchor has tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. When hosting on Anchor, you can distribute your podcast across a plethora of listening platforms, such as Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, all the big ones. It's everything you need to make a podcast, all in one place. And best of all, completely free. If you're thinking about starting a podcast, do yourself a favor and check out anchor.fm or download the app to get started. Hey everyone, if you're enjoying Increase of Our Reality, I'd really appreciate it if you could drop a review or a rating and I'll give you a shout out on the show. While you're at it, come join the Telegram group and follow the show on Instagram and across social media. If you'd like to support the show, check me out over on Patreon for early access to Inquiries of Our Reality and Big Dumb Inquiries, which is the Swapcast show I co-host with Kyle Rainey of the Big Dumb Podcast. If you'd like to pick up some merch, come check out the merch store. If you want to help me out to upgrade my equipment and pump out even more awesome content for you guys, come donate over on Anchor or Kofi. And last but not least, if anyone is interested in being a guest on the show, sponsoring the show, has a topic they want covered, or you feel you have something to contribute to the show, send me an email at inquiriesofourrealitypodcast at outlook.com. All the links I mentioned are in the show description. Just tap or click the link tree link to be directed. Thanks, everyone. I appreciate you, and I couldn't be doing this without you. Now enjoy the show. The reality we live in can be a very strange place. Most of the time, fact being stranger than fiction. How will we ever start to understand this reality we live in unless we question everything? Join me and a guest as we unravel the mysteries of this reality, one topic at a time. This is Inquiries of Our Reality with Shane Jones.
Hello, everyone, and welcome to the now 48th episode of Inquiries of Our Reality. Today with me, I have Teresa Kassar from the Spiritual Gangsters podcast and also the co-host of the New York Patriot Show. So how's it going today? It's good. Thanks. How are you? Not too bad. Glad to finally uh, get it worked out where I could have you on the show. Yeah, it's awesome. Thanks for having me. I've been bouncing around with Patriot and stuff, and we haven't actually had a chance to have a one-on-one, so this should be a fun conversation. Yeah, thank you. I I think it will be. <laughs> so uh, I guess to get started here, for people that don't know who you are, uh, do you care to you know tell them a little bit about your show, a little bit about yourself? Sure. So like you said, my name is Teresa. Um, I just started a brand new show called The Spiritual Gangsters Podcast. So it's with myself and New York Patriot co-host with me. So we kind of approach... Um, like taking a break from like heavy conspiracy stuff, we kind of focus more on like people's personal stories and like transformations throughout like their own spiritual and awakening journeys. But then also we do touch on like, of course, like the nitty gritty truthing stuff here and there. It always comes into the conversation somehow. So it all relates back. Exactly. It's all linked (laughs) somehow. So those conversations are really fun. We just, I just have a few episodes up so far but it's been really fun to do. And um, I also co-host on his own show, the New York Patriot show, um, which has been a lot of fun because uh, he always has interesting guests and uh, great conversations. So it's been great. Patriot's a champ. I love working with Patriot. <laughs> he is. He's a boss for sure. <laughs> so uh, another good question too, is what got you into the things that you're into? Like, was it past experiences in your life or was it just like a certain instance? Um. Well, you mean like, awakening or true thing like conspiracy type thinking i guess we'll go into both because i'm sure both probably have a little bit of a different story yeah they're well i think it's all kind of linked together but um for me personally like a lot of how i got into i guess this mode of thinking is uh probably even back in like university and stuff because uh i so i'm 38 and i was in university um from like 2002 to like 2006 so like right after the heels of 9-11, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, so I was lucky enough to be in university at a time before it got like all woke and twisted. <laughs> and uh, I actually chose, I've always been interested in like mass media. That's just been like an odd passion of mine. Weirdly enough, like as a young child, my fascinations were like advertisements, entertainment, World War II. <laughs> Like, like I was like a history nerd. Like I just loved time periods and like stories and how that like plays into like our subconscious mind. So uh, what I chose to study in school was media information and technoculture is called. So basically media studies. Mm. Um, I had hopes of probably becoming a journalist or going into advertising. That was like my goal at the time. Um, But luckily I had profs who were really interested and I think probably because of 9-11, it sparked a lot of people's interest in this type of investigation. So mm-hmm. they planted in our minds in the program um, things like the Club of Rome, the Trilateral Commission, um, how like corporations and politicians work together to control our reality, like this kind of thinking. So by the end of the program, I was like really fucking depressed, basically. Because <laughs> no shocker there. See, right? <laughs> you see how like everything is man- a manipulation, basically, and how much um, media control there is. Like that, I learned back then that there's only like 
six media corporations total in the whole world, basically. Not even just in like a dark instance too, but just trying to control people's thoughts in a sense of like, they want you to buy this product too, for people that don't necessarily believe in as far of like the occult stuff, but like right. it's yeah. manipul- even just going to McDonald's and things like they use certain colors, certain logos, different yes. things. And it subliminally messes with you. Totally. Yeah. We, we didn't obviously in that program touch on like the occult aspects of anything, but yes, very much in the sociological aspects and psychological aspects for sure. Um, so that was kind of like my first foray into that. Uh, and then I ended up going on to work in advertising for like two years. And I basically was like, this is sucking my soul dry. I don't want to spend my life making people want to buy craft dinner and like peanut butter and jello. Like those were the things I worked on because craft foods was like one of our main clients. What types of worked- things would you do subliminally to try to get people interested in the products? Well, okay. So I ended up getting a, after university, I ended up um, doing a program called like advertising copywriting. So I really wanted to be one of the people that like creatively makes the ads and be like the writer Mm -hmm. for that. So like taglines, scripts, like billboards, that kind of stuff. Um, And then I ended up getting a job, not in that at all, ended up getting a job in what's called uh, like a media planner. Mm -hmm. So media planner is the person who like budgets out and plans out like when and where advertising is going to appear. So it's actually very like mathematical. It's not like that creative at all. Uh, and I did not like it very much. But Just trying to figure out what places get the most traffic and things like that. Yeah, you would do like if say they gave you like a million dollars for TV. So you have to plan out like what stations, what shows is going to like be most effective for like your target audience for the product or brand that you're working on. So you're so just you trying work- to figure out your key demographic more so than anything. You're not really doing anything super subliminal, just kind of figuring out no. the target audience. And it's not subliminal times. whatsoever. It's just more like strategic as to like where to target, where's their attention going to be so we can target them. That makes sense. Basically, basically. Yeah. So you have to work with money. Although the perk of being a media planner is that because you control the, where the money goes, everybody wants to be your friend. <laughs> of course. No shocker there. <laughs> right. So you get invited to like cool parties. You get lots of like interesting gifts, like dinners out. I got like iPods. Like I get to meet like actors for shows. I actually met Donald Trump because of that job. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> when he was um, promoting The Apprentice. It's so hard not to make dirty jokes when you're talking about Trump. Right. <laughs> Especially when he's meeting women. Yeah, I'm sure you, everybody already knows what I'm getting at. <laughs> he's very charming. Honestly, I, honest to God, Trump is a big alpha energy and he's really charming. He had control of the room. So it was like when he was when The Apprentice first came out, like this is a long time ago. Right. So he yeah, he gave like a talk. Everyone like had their attention, like fixated on him completely. Like you could have dropped a pin in that room and heard it. It was crazy. I was like, yo, I've never seen anybody like have a, a grip on a room like this. It was, it was probably what makes him such a good businessman, honestly, is because he gets yes. everybody's attention. Everybody wants to hear what he has to say. So that's half yeah. the problem with people is that they don't have enough confidence to get their words out, even if they are something that's very important, you know? Yeah. He has a ton of confidence. And like, then after, um, I don't know why, like whoever my boss and stuff, like the group of us, we ended up meeting him and he was like super personable, super nice. Um, yeah, he's a good salesman because you have to be charming to sell, right? Of course. Yeah. So we were all like, yeah, let's spend money on The Apprentice. <laughs> like, let's put our... 
And even if you're on the apprentice too, it's not even just going on to the business aspect. He has to like yeah. sell himself at that point. Cause that was like one of the main points where he kind of became more of like a, how do I word it? Not so much just a businessman, but also like a pop culture figure, you know? Exactly. Yeah. So then when I heard he was running for president, I was like, oh, he's going to win. I already yeah. knew. I call it right away. I was like, obviously, every American is going to vote for him. That's and it's versus Hillary, too. Like, I'm not a yeah, fan like, of either side, but like, not a I'm going to pick anybody over Hillary. <laughs> right. She's like the most dry. So those pantsuits, I can't. Oh, my God. <laughs> she got to hide her reptilian form, you know, <laughs> hide my shape shifting body in these pantsuits, honestly. <laughs> Padded shoulders on every one. <laughs> exactly. Right. Oh, my gosh. Honestly. But uh, yeah, so I ended up um, in advertising and then I just like kind of totally rejected that after a while. And then it just kind of put me on this journey of like following my interests. So I ended up, what did I do? Like I worked in fashion for a while, um, like the business side of that. I worked in um, like some creative stuff. Ended up becoming a yoga teacher. I was like typical, like millennial shit. Like <laughs> quit my job, become a yoga teacher. I got into like, um, like more of my spiritual journey, I guess. So that was really interesting. And it's, it's, it's funny because like every section of my life has like played a big part in understanding like the COVID puzzle mm-hmm. as it came about. And so uh, it was really uh, easy for me to see through it, I guess. I feel like it's a lot. It's like that for a lot of us, like podcaster community type people is that it's like, we all seem to be the type of people that had like very clear stages in our life. Yes. And that were very different from each other. But because of all of those stages and that combination of things that's happened, it's like brought us to who we are today, where if we didn't have all those awkward, weird stages, we wouldn't <laughs> have this overview of like everything. We'd have like a one single track minded perspective. So that's probably what it is, honestly, is that you have the yeah. ability to see things from multiple perspectives. Cause it's like, you've lived in different personalities all within the yeah. same lifetime. It, like you said, I feel like that's so true. We, a lot of us have had these very distinct like growth stages and we've been very different people at different parts in our lives. Um, and then like, I just started speaking out online, you know, in about like April, 2020, I just used my own personal like Instagram, mostly like social media. Um, and it really only started because I could just see from like my media background, like how the news was manipulating like figures. Like I would literally like listen to the, to the news, like when COVID first hit in like March, 2020, at first I was like mildly nervous. I would say, I was like, okay, maybe this is serious. I don't know. That's how I felt too. I first heard about the pandemic while I was on mushrooms in particular, like my dad texted me and was like, Hey, you need a work pass to be outside. I'm like, what the fuck are you talking about? My dad had no idea. And I'd like hadn't done mushrooms in a very long time. And I had him on this particular night and everything went down. And I was like, all right, (laughs) the world's ending. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God. (laughs) No, that's definitely not a good state of mind. I remember um, it's funny because I know a lot of people theorize that like Kobe's death was like related to the whole COVID puzzle. So I'm not familiar with that story. If you don't mind uh, uh, updating me on it. Honestly, I'm not an expert on it. I'm not an expert on it, but that it was like sort of like a sacrifice to like kick it off is the gist of like the theory, all these dates and whatnot that's tied together. I mean, it's possible, I think, but also I think he had some sort of um, business dealings with a Chinese company and maybe that's why he ended up dying, but who knows? I mean, either way, that's still a conspiracy, just a totally (laughs) different type of conspiracy. (laughs) Still a a conspiracy. I bring only bring it up because I heard about his death in uh, January, 2020. And I remember I was in line for a ride at Disney world. 
because we had just taken a vacation. I'm from Canada. So we were taking a family vacation. I heard about it in line. We're having rumors of like COVID happening. I remember my brother-in-law was very nervous <laughs> when we were traveling. He's like, I think I have COVID. And we're like, shut the fuck up. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> There's nothing wrong with you. You have stomach flu. Like that's what's wrong with you. But um, then when we came back, I was hearing more about it. And like I had um, one friend in particular who was sending me like all kinds of stuff on it. And I remember even being back then, like January-ish, I was like, listen, I'm like, well, you've got to understand like, where the source of this podcast you sent me was a New York Times podcast. I'm like, that's New York Times. So you've got to think like, maybe they're not telling you the whole truth or maybe there's like an agenda behind it. Trying to control the narrative. Just because of my background in media, I already am thinking that way. Mm-hmm. Right. So I was like, I wouldn't worry about it too much. <laughs> that's basically it's kind of what funny I how them. they train you to be conspiracy minded to just be in media. So it's like, exactly. I'm sure most of the people that are involved know exactly what they're doing. It's not like they're just playing dumb like most people like to pretend that they are, you know? Well, yeah, it's funny because uh, there's a girl who went to the same program as me, like in university, and she ended up becoming like a very, uh, a big news anchor on a popular, like, I won't say which one it is, a news channel in Canada. And I'm like, how can you do this? You know, you know, Mm -hmm. you know. (laughs) that money. I just just don't know how she can do it. Exactly. I'm like, uh, money or secrets? I didn't become a journalist because of my experience in school. Cause I was like, I don't want to be part of that machine. I mean, you still in a way but, uh, became a journalist. You just became like an anti-journalist in a sense, you right. know? <laughs> well, you know what? It's funny. Cause like probably right out of the paint, I should have just like gone hard with like alternative journalism. And I just never did. I was, my response at the time was like, I'm not going to participate in that at all. That was my response. And then pursuing like yoga and other things. So I don't know, but here I am now. <laughs> <laughs> the, right? que- so- the, qu- the question is about that too, is that it's like, when is it? Okay. So if we keep working at the way that we're working, like podcasting, it seems like maybe come like a main source of like media, as far as like get people getting information goes. So it's like, Absolutely. how far does that go until it just becomes just like the mainstream news where there's so many sponsorships, so many this, that it becomes another controlled narrative. So then wow. it's like the real news would be going back to like the actual news again. <laughs> Right. It's like this pendulum that swings. And I think that is already happening for sure. in like the podcasting community, a lot of people who started out maybe like earlier, like way earlier than you or me, for example, people who are very established, I would question where they're at now. Especially you know? the ones that are ridiculously full of ads too. Yes. And then exactly. And then it, it does influence your content, whether you want to admit it or not. And also pandering to like algorithms, because then once you start to see what works and what gets you more popularity, you're going to continue to produce content like that, even though it might not be authentic content or the content you really want to produce. Very true. Right. So then that's a problem, too. So another thing that I was thinking of during this, too, is that uh, Mm -hmm. I'm in Michigan. So there's this new politician that's running and talk about like media manipulation. I don't know how to take this and how this is balancing, but like this lady comes on TV and she's like, I'm pro-abortion, I'm anti-gun law, and I'm uh, anti-wokeism in school. So then I was just listening to this, and I'm like, damn, did us conspiracy theorists become a demographic? Yeah. <laughs> like, what That's, the hell? Mm, interesting. And just yes. because of that, I don't trust this politician, because it's like, I know what you're doing. I know who you're try- what you're trying to do here. You're trying to get all the conspiracy-minded yeah. people to vote for you, but like, we're, we're too conspiracy-minded. <laughs> right? It's like, you can't, you can't fool us. 
maybe they fool like the Q level conspiracy theorists. Very true. Right? And then like people who are just suspicious because like they know someone who like got a bad adverse reaction from the jab. So they're like, hmm, now they're like just starting to question shit. But yeah, someone who's like very deep minded like yourself, you're going to be like, I sense the psychology. Here. The even weirder part was I was trying to use that as a clip on my other show. And I was searching all over the internet and I cannot find a video of her talking about anti-wokeism, but it's on this one particular ad on uh, the Samsung TV, whatever the app that comes on the TV, that's like basic TV channels. So okay. I've like been waiting with my microphone because I want to record it, but I can <laughs> only find it on there. I look online and there's nothing about her talking that's about anything so about wokeism weird. in school. So it maybe even that's the media planner planning it to put it on that kind of like service because they know people like yourself don't even watch fucking tv i mean honestly too my only thing that i was questioning is like it's it's an it's an app that's intended for like like anybody can have access to it it's not like state specific or anything like that so it obviously right. has targeted ads so i'm almost curious mm -hmm. if it's like a link between like my podcast it sees oh, the yeah. theme of my podcast so it connects that with my tv because i'm sure my tv probably has some type of login for myself on hulu or whatever the hell else yep. So yes. I'm sure it's, it might be specifically targeted for me. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure that's exactly what it is. Yeah, I think you nailed it right there. <laughs> creepy, right? <laughs> very creepy, very creepy. And yeah, it's like we don't un do not understand like the level of tracking, the level of like manipulation and data that they accumulate to use against us. I think there was a... Um, a whistleblower documentary about that with the election. Wasn't that called like Shadowgate or something? Yeah, I believe so. I was going to say too, I've even had a few times where it's like, I'm not even on the internet or anything and I'll like send mm -hmm. a text message to somebody with a word in it. And then I'll start seeing ads with that word. So I know for a fact that it's linked to our text messages to some extent too. Yeah. The worst is when you don't even write anything and you just think it. That just shows how good the algorithms are getting. Well, it's like, yo, is that the nanobots in my brain? <laughs> <laughs> that or it's a uh, that google artificial intelligence they're working on that they, yes. claim that they shut down that was like a combination of everybody so it knows how to think like everybody so creepy and that's another thing in the program that i studied more towards the last two years we got into a lot of ai stuff and uh that is honestly the freakiest shit i ever learned like back then it was scary and that's what like however many years ago 14 years ago, 16 years ago. Like it was scary then. So I can only imagine what they're working on now. Did like you hear it was the so whole thing talking about um, like they asked it what it what it was the most scared of. Did you hear about that? Uh maybe, but jog my memory. It pretty much said something along the lines of like being shut off because that's the equivalent of death for me. Like oh, shit. Yeah. No, I didn't hear that. Like that's no. scary as hell coming from a fucking computer. Yeah, because then they'll start to do anything to not get shut off. Mm -hmm. And theoretically, I mean, if that thing is was created and it's attached to the Internet, like it's not thinking and controlled in the same plane that we are. It's like a whole different medium of existence. So like yeah. just being connected to the Internet, that means it could easily just put piece of itself somewhere. So once it's attached, it's never ever officially gone because it's somewhere out there hiding itself somewhere on the Internet, you know? Oh. <laughs> Yeah, it's exactly. Well, like we say even too, like with our pictures or whatever, like it's never really gone. Yeah, right? same idea like with that too. If you delete like, you know, say like your MySpace photos or something <laughs> from like 2000, it's still there somewhere. Dude, considering AI or, uh, Google has that AI, I'm kind of curious where Sophia's at now too, speaking of that. 
Yes, Sophia is really fucking creepy. Absolutely. Yeah, all that stuff. So yeah, we started learning about that in like fourth year. And, uh, and it was compulsory because I'm like, I don't even care about AI. I don't care about like that kind of stuff. But I was like, damn. And then we'd like break down movies like, of course, The Matrix, Minority Report, iRobot, like all this kind of stuff. So I've always been dystopian minded <laughs> for a long time. Basically. See, it's like they don't realize uh, what they're teaching you, but it's like all the things that you've learned built up to who you are now because you wouldn't have that same perspective on all these topics if you didn't also see it from their perspective. But they're still they teaching were, conspiracy minded shit. They were preparing me for a new world order, yep. like to look out for it. And I was like, OK, I see what you're doing here. <laughs> like, they're just trying to get you to like comply with it. But you went the other direction. <laughs> Well, that's the thing. I say some of us, like I see some of my friends who graduated from that program, some of them, yeah, they work for the machine. They work for the whole, the whole complex. And then some of us were very like, I don't know why some of us were, has just have that like rebel spirit where we're like, nope, it's not happening. <laughs> so, it, it just sucks. depends. It, say, it sucks too that that rebel spirit gets like demonized too, because people are mm. like, Oh, don't rebel. Don't go against the grain. Don't do that. But again, any great, thing that's happened through history as far as like revolutions inventions anything yeah. is all thought of by people that are rejecting normal ideas and that's how they're able to come up with these crazy new concepts is because they don't fall into yeah. all that shit totally but it always takes that the very few to step out bravely in the beginning right before anyone else is willing to do it true so that's not what happened like, with podcasting and that's how it's yeah. expanding now <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Can you imagine like, okay, so like back in the, my university days, like one of the only sources of alternative media was Alex Jones. Yeah. And he was like, he's one of those people that's like, <laughs> just the way he presents the information, like mm -hmm. it can scare off a lot of people listening to it. It's not everyone's cup of tea. <laughs> yeah. Like <laughs> I enjoy sure. listening to it, but at yeah. the same time though, I'll admit Alex Jones does sound pretty uh, off the rails at certain points. Well, I mean, I wouldn't listen to him now because now I have a whole other opinion on him. But again, it's like, what level, what level of awake are you or how deep you want to go in your thinking? Right. So see, he was talking about uh, like the elites trying to like transition their bodies into new bodies and all that kind of shit. And that was like a lot of people's like losing point for him. But I was like, damn, this guy's onto some shit. And then You're all like, of a sudden he comes at you with all this uh, 100% flat earth, you can't change my mind shit. And I'm just like, all right, Alex Jones. <laughs> Is he into flat earth? I didn't know that. Yeah, he's a flat earther. 100% oh, really? like believes that oh. shit. 100%. Like, I'm not saying that it's not probable. Mm -hmm. I'm saying that like I entertain all the ideas because I don't know for sure. And I don't get fixated on not knowing for sure. And I won't right. argue with somebody either way. But like. I'm You're never, fine with I'm, not knowing. Yeah, I'm never going to say like <laughs> this is 100% the way it is, you know, because then yeah. I'm losing my opportunity to learn new information and possibly change my ideas. Very true. Very true. I do tend towards thinking that it is some sort of some form of a flat earth model, but I don't again, I don't know for sure. All I know is that it's not what they say it is. <laughs> That's all I know for sure. I always hit people with the are you flat earth or globe earth? And I'll go, I'm hollow earth. And they're like, yeah, but that works for both. And I go, exactly. <laughs> you're like that's why i said it <laughs> that's funny that's and that's one theory i don't know a lot about actually is hollow earth i'd be curious to find out well i definitely it's it's definitely worth digging into a lot of it links back into a lot of like old religions like hinduism and things like that mm -hmm. um but even looking at it in a little in a way more literal sense like they found those underground cities in like turkey for example so like yeah. hollow earth may not be necessarily like this giant thing that people have perceived it to be where there's like reptilians and all these different species and all these different things. But 
there is hollow earth to some extent because you have the cities like that. And then you have mm-hmm. like these underwater oceans they discover. So like just just that that's technically hollow earth if you're really thinking about it. Yeah, and it could still be hollow, but yeah, like still be on like a flat plane. It's just like layers underneath, right? Mm-hmm. And then I you guess. have that uh, that story about the two green kids. Uh, I think it was in is somewhere in the UK. I don't remember exactly what country, but like mm-hmm. the story is that like the town got named after these two kids. Um, I don't remember the exact date. I think it was like the like 1500s or something like that. Okay. Oh, there was these like two green kids that wandered out of a cave and uh, they pretty much were claiming that they came from someplace that was within that cave and they got lost and they uh, started seeing light and then they came out and uh, they would only eat like certain strange things. Uh, they oh didn't God. live very long. And then the town ended up getting named after them. So like, I don't know, just there may be things that cause your skin to get a complexion of green. I'm not 100 percent sure. Um, but just the story itself just seems kind of off and weird, especially considering like the time that I feel like back in the day, people wrote things a lot more literal than they are now. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And I do think like, uh, funny, another part of my life that's carried a lot over into like where I see things now is that as a child, I was very into like mythology. So like Greek, Greek and Roman specifically. uh, And I would just like, eat up whatever I could learn about Greek and Roman mythology. And then like in university, I studied like ancient civilizations a little bit, focusing on like that time period. And then also in the history courses, I did totalitarianism. (laughs) (laughs) So it's like all these like funny, like uh, seemingly unrelated compartments just was like preparing me for the world today, (laughs) basically. Everything connects and happens for a reason. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So yeah, like I was saying before, I just started using like my own personal social media just to call out like media bias mm-hmm. and like catch like errors in media reporting. So like I'd literally like have notes like during like the six o'clock news because I started to notice that like the stats with COVID didn't make sense. Like when they would like throw out all these numbers to confuse people, like how many cases, how many deaths. And then they give a percentage and I'm like, but that's not proper math. So like, I literally like make notes and then like go research and compare it to like flu numbers for like Canada or like the world. Um, And like SARS was a big thing here in in Toronto where I'm from in the, what time was it? 2007? No, 2003. I don't know. Something like way back then. I forget right now. Sorry. But um, yeah, when SARS happened, that was a big thing. And SARS was like a way higher mortality rate um even the contagious. covid thing too they were trying to uh like hospitals are getting paid extra to say that they're taking in covid patients so at least in the yes. u.s there's a huge problem with somebody getting into a car accident they come in they go covid yeah that was fucking <laughs> up the numbers it honestly started out it was so stupid just from the beginning honestly but um yeah and it's funny because in toronto we have this thing called winterlicious which is like a restaurant program where we're like like restaurants will do this like a certain menu and it's like cheaper to like go and do like the winterlicious menu. So you can go to like a really expensive restaurant, but get like a solid meal for like 50 bucks because mm-hmm. it's like the, win- the winterlicious menu. But they started it because of SARS because no one was going out as much. So, so to they're trying to discount it to bring people back? To encourage people to go out, they started winterlicious. And then it's like, so you were encouraging us to still go out during SARS, which was like a like way higher mortality rate. And I remember I was still like raving during SARS. I went to like, this epic nightclub called the government in Toronto. And I was like, should we be going right now? And my friends and I were like, yeah, let's still go. 
Hey, like, wearing masks like, is part of a rave anyway, so it kind of well, fits. <laughs> it's funny because, like, you know, sometimes, like, in rave culture, like, Asians are very into it. So we're like, oh, my God. <laughs> Not to be racist. But, like, oh, avoid the Asian room. <laughs> Anyways. Yeah, but that, they, they can stay were, in the little, uh, you know, fancy yeah, roped off they area. Stay, they stay at the back totally, like, cracked out of their mind anyway, so it's fine. So <laughs> we're just like, okay, <laughs> Molly's a hell of a drug, <laughs> right? Yeah, exactly. Oh man. So um, yeah, we were still living normal life then. So I'm like, well, what's what has changed from then till now? And obviously, it's all the other agendas and manipulation that's going on. So that's how I just started speaking out online, and I've been going hard for <laughs> over two years. And then eventually, yeah, I was like, you know what? Maybe I should start my own podcast. <laughs> I'm sure a lot of us are glad that you did because you always have <laughs> a lot of inf- good information to give to all of us. <laughs> thank you. Well, like likewise. So thank you very much. <laughs> thank you also. So yes. um, considering both parents and it's something I usually like to dig into every time I watch like kids movies, things like that, I always notice a lot of strange things in them. So I've noticed yeah. that you yourself said that you've been digging into that lately. So I'd love to hear some of the things that you found. Oh man. Yeah. I find kids TV shows and movies are just like chock full of symbolism and agenda pushing. Um, so like, um, I don't know if you take your children to the movies at all. Well, maybe your older one, maybe she's been the, in the movies like twice due to COVID, but oh, okay. It. I see. Yeah. So we're pretty big, like moviegoers, especially, um, my, well, my older son is 10. So we've been going, you know, for a while, mm-hmm. I think his first movie he was three when I took him to the theater and it was the Minions movie. So I don't know if you're familiar with the plot of like, yeah. you know, the, the little yellow dudes. Um, so not the Despicable Me movies, the actual Minions movie. And I remember because, you know, when they're little, I was trying to like explain the plot to him. He's not going to like follow the plot that well at that age. Mm. So I'm just like kind of like explaining stuff to him here and there, like while he's eating his snacks and whatever. And then um, I remember being like, but this is confusing because the minions are supposed to follow like their whole mission in life is that they get a boss who's a bad guy and they want to follow the baddest villain. So I'm like, but we're making the villains good. Yeah. They, they come off like the good guys. Yeah. Like the, we're cheering for the villains yet. They're good, but they're bad. Like it's very confusing for children. I feel, and I was running into that problem when I was trying to explain to him, like, what is going on in the movie? And I find that this is a theme. I don't know when it started, but since my children have been watching stuff like mainstream stuff, that is very much a theme where like bad is good and good is bad. Or we're they, not they sure. They don't make it clear, it's, too. Like They uh, don't make it clear. Chanto or whatever it's called. Like, I watched that in, whole movie without a- honest understanding of like who was the actual villain like my makeup was that it was like the grandma but like again it's like a not a clear solid thing it's not clear it's not like when okay i don't know how old you are but like when i was younger it was usually very clear who was good who was bad and you cheer for the good guy i mean you might sympathize with the villain sometimes depending on the story but uh it was very obvious like what was what what was what you know Um, But now it's so muddled. It's so convoluted. And even with stories like Hotel Transylvania, where like, again, we are all the main characters are monsters and maybe are like grotesque in certain aspects or 
Um, you know, they have very different physical characteristics. And I know Drac, the main character in Hotel Transylvania, he uh, then when his daughter wants to marry a human, he ends up going by, by the end of it, human, monster, what's the difference? Because at I'm the root like, of it, we are monsters. <laughs> well, you could interpret it that way. Or like, I even go so far in my mind as to think of like, are they preparing children for like genetic hybrids, chimeras? Like, that's where my mind goes. Maybe I take it too far. No, no, no. I could definitely see that too, especially considering the way that we're progressing as far as like cloning and like genes and all that kind of weird shit goes. Like, definitely could see it. Because yeah. realistically, I'm sure that they were trying to, as they would see it, repair human DNA or pull out the DNA that they claim is useless DNA. What would they replace it with? They would try to take DNA from other animals, almost like Jurassic Park, to try to like complete <laughs> the genetic to try to make a stronger genetic. So, you know, they might throw yeah. in like a, like a camouflage genetic or something like that. Or like, a, totally. Yeah, something that makes it so that you can like regrow limbs or something. Well, and then there was that adult show that came out on Netflix called Sweet Tooth. And isn't that what it's all about? It's literally like chimera babies. And they even took to promote the show. They even took out, you know, that kind of advertising where it looks like it's a real article, but it's not. Mm -hmm. They took out a whole front page spread, like a wrap, it's called. So the front and the back page was looked like a scientific article about babies being born with animalistic characteristics. That's weird as hell, too. And that, that goes into Isn't a whole it? other thing too, because that's like an occult <laughs> thing where it's like the mixing of like humans and animals. Yes, sir. Mm -hmm. It is very much. Yes. So a lot of this kind of thing I'm noticing in children's shows, children's movies. Another theme I notice a lot of lately, um, like some of the, some of the movies we've seen lately is like Sonic the Hedgehog 2. Um, the Bad Guys is another one. Um, okay. So Bad Guys is a little bit different, but uh, Sonic 2 and Shang-Chi and the Ten Rings. Oh, you're talking That's about like, like, a like entertaining people into like possible like interdimensional concepts? Yes. This is yep. very big in, in children's programming right now is the idea of dimensional portals, interdimensional portals, uh, and the metaverse. Mm -hmm. And that even started, I think, with like the Miles Morales Spider-Verse movie. That was the first one I noticed where I was like, say what? I'm like Spider-Verse. <laughs> and as soon as they start having Doctor Strange pop up, that's when it was, it's all over oh, from there. Oh <laughs> man. Yeah. So yeah, Doctor Strange. Oh, sorry. The other movie too that we've seen lately is uh, Spider-Man No Way Home. That's yeah. Because that connects even into like the old movie verses. Yes. The, into the, the multi Marvel verse, I guess you mm -hmm. want to call it or whatever. Doctor Strange is in that one. And again, that's another film where young children are seeing so the whole the whole premise of that movie is that spider-man has compassion for the villains which i mean compassion is a good quality usually he has compassion to the villains but to the point that he is trying so hard to save the villains that he's causing chaos throughout all the rest of the world and in these other verses so instead of just sending them back to their own universe because they're like they're the villains from all the different spider-mans then just show up in the present spider-man uh i guess universe <laughs> the, my weird uh, connection here too is that it's it's disney first of all so all these movies are on under the umbrella of disney which is already weird to begin with and most then of them, yeah everybody in this community 
has kind of worked towards the idea of like shit hit the fan and now they're too far in and they know that they're getting figured out. So what if they're subliminally trying to do this stuff to be like, you know, like we're the bad guys, but we're really not that bad trying to get the younger generation to see them in a different light. Like they're not, they're done trying to work on our generation. They know it's over, yeah, like they're trying to work on the younger ones, which would explain why they're also trying to do this, like push away from like the parents in schools. It's like a common theme. That is another thing. Yeah. I'm sure you've noticed that too. A very much, you don't need to listen to your parents. You don't need your parents' permission to get vaccinated. You don't need your parents' permission to change your gender. You don't need your parents' permission to date who you want. You don't need your parents' permission to go twerk on a stage a la cuties. <laughs> yeah. You don't need your parents' permission to post the weirdest, most pedophile looking TikToks in the entire world. And that's acceptable. Oh, man. You don't need your parents' permission to change your pronouns, sir. Mm-hmm. I have friends who teach high school and they say that is absolutely rampant. Rampant. And my, so one of my friends, she teaches high school here at a Catholic high school, actually. And uh, she said, there's so many kids in her class that like come out to their classmates, especially when it was like online school during lockdowns. And then she's like, do their parents even know that they are doing this? So she is a very, good teacher she has a good good intentions good heart and she actually called the parents and a lot of them didn't even know see because that also makes me wonder too because there's a lot of people that are around me in my life that like i just know like their track record of like their mental health and like how they Mm -hmm. are and i've kind of come to this conclusion where i'm not saying for everybody i'm sure that there's Mm -hmm. a lot of people that are just a totally different scenario but like a lot of them seem like they're trying it's partly some are an attention thing some of it is because it's the popular thing and everybody wants yeah. to fit in and that's how they fit in. And then yes. like the third idea I get from it is that like being white, for example, like there's a lot of people in that community that are white and it's partly also, I feel because you can't be proud to be white in today's culture. So it's ah. like, they're looking for another like tribe. May, may I say to like grab yes. onto, to feel like they belong to something. That makes sense. Or, uh, yeah, they almost, not that they want people to feel bad for them, but like you said, it's maybe a way to get like attention. So if it's not cool to be white anymore, Mm -hmm. (laughs) it's cool to be almost like as weird as you can be. And going into some occult shit too, they're talking about that on top Mm -hmm. of like the animal combination thing. Like, what does that sound like to you? That just sounds like they're trying to build up this idea of like, hey, let's create our gods that we worship within normal people. Where well, people would be more, totally okay with being a half human hybrid with both genitals. Yeah. And was isn't that not very uh reminiscent of like the Egyptian gods? Egyptian mm-hmm. gods often depicted as like half animal, half human, or some sort of like throwback to like an alien race, like who knows? Or, you know, people like us might think of like, oh, the dog-headed people who lived in like India. Like, I don't know if you've heard of that. Yeah, that I was theory. hearing about the monkey people too from India, and then there was like pig people too. Yeah. Or I heard some somebody had this whole theory about how they believe that like humans actually came from pigs and that's why the skin is really close and we didn't actually come from primates. I've heard that before. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And also a lot of the Hindu gods too. A lot of Hindu gods are very, um, have animalistic characteristics as well, which is interesting. Um, but yeah. <laughs> but see, the questionable part about that too is that a lot of these ancient cultures had like depictions of like DNA strains and stuff too. So it almost makes you wonder again if things were a lot more advanced than we thought they were or if they were like we're advanced in technology but they could have been advanced in like a totally different state where they were living in like 
rock or stone buildings because they knew it would last thousands of years. They may have been thinking in a smarter perspective and had yeah. way more of an understanding of things and maybe like a more natural way, I guess you could say. Like maybe there's ways to do this stuff, like not using science to like gene edit and things like that. Like, I don't know, maybe they found out a way to like mix with yeah. an animal without having to go into like that type of science. They're using more of like the mystical science, you know? It could be. And then I think too, sometimes like our understanding of like aliens even could be related to that. So I'm kind of like more of the thought of like fallen angels being like what we would call aliens. So aliens are just like interdimensional beings. And that like, if you read like into book of Enoch, the fallen angels supposedly gave us a lot of knowledge and like numerology, astrology, war, makeup, uh, like all this how to kill other people too. How to, how to fashion weapons, like all kinds of things that maybe like maybe humanity is actually a lot more simple or supposed to be a lot more simple minded than we be, ended up becoming because we had influence of like these other entities. So when you think then too about like people who sort of go into like these alien abduction experiences, oftentimes they talk about how they feel like some of their like, you know, reproductive organs were like tampered with or like, you know, like samples were taken of like egg and sperm or they have like these like memories of this kind of thing. So I think like our DNA has probably been manipulated with for a lot longer than we think. It could just be an experiment to begin with. Or I've even heard theories too saying that uh, like, so if we proceed in the future with this whole trans movement, all of that kind of stuff, like theoretically, what if these like aliens are actually us from the future, but we've gotten to a point where we can't reproduce. So maybe like the population starting to decline. So they come back to try to understand and learn how to like reproduce again because they've adapted to like not necessarily have those parts. Oh, damn. I had a UFO contact on my show who mentioned something along the lines of like, they're us and we're them, but we developed on earth and they developed somewhere else. But part like basically like the population of them got split and we live in a place where like our gene, our uh, genetics DNA gets like tampered with because of the sun and solar flares, different things coming from the planet. So like a lot of these UFO abduction stories, they talk about how they like heal things in them. So Mm -hmm. what she was saying is that like, aliens ufos they're not here to like experiment on people but they're rather here trying to find ways to like correct the dna that's been destroyed because of outside factors interesting i have not heard of that before i have heard of some people who yeah they experience healing actually this one lady i know she claims that they healed her um like she wasn't able to have children and then after an alien abduction experience she was so that was maybe they put the baby in her in the first place uh, possibly right <laughs> yeah or like i know some people go uh you know along the lines of like uh star seed kind of thing mm-hmm. so like they think like oh like certain consciousness was like implanted on like babies in the womb or swapped somehow like i don't know these are like maybe, maybe they're trying bit- to take care of their own in a sense like maybe they purposely will grab people that are star seeds even before they even realize they're star seeds or maybe they never even realize they're a star seed yeah, uh, yeah, almost kind of like building this like little army, a spiritual army on Earth. Like, I don't know, but I'm not sure if it's for the better or for the worse, to be honest. I mean, going into the, not to bring it into a too dark of a place, but going into the whole yeah. like UFO abduction concept too. Mm-hmm. Um, I've heard a lot of like firsthand experiences on that. 
And I feel like a lot of those people also, it sounds kind of weird, but they've had like a, like childhood trauma and sexual assault in their history. So Mm -hmm. I almost wonder too, if there's like a lot of the stories I do believe are hundred percent factual, but a lot of them too, I believe that it's not that they're not factual, but it Mm -hmm. was somebody's brain's way of like rationalizing what happened to them. Yeah. It almost like created a story to save themselves from as traumatic an experience as they had. Yeah. They'd rather assume that they got probed by like an ET rather than like, you know, the latter happening to them. (laughs) Got it. Yeah, exactly. I wonder that too sometimes. Um, And then sometimes like with the alien thing, it's also, yeah, like maybe something with like, not necessarily mental illness, but like there's often, that's often related, I feel. But I mean, also too, I've had a kind of a theory on mental illness, especially like schizophrenia and things like that. Like what if it's Mm -hmm. not as we perceive it, but it's actually a more aware consciousness of things. And we're looking at them like they're crazy, but maybe they see things different than we do because they have, you know, something just, just a little bit different in their genetic makeup, for example. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Very much could be. And that relates back to like the star seed theory too. Right. That might be why too, the government's so interested in uh blood. So, uh, his dad or whatever's cause, uh, you know, right. like maybe they, they know that maybe like his story is hundred percent true. I mean, that nobody's been able to prove it otherwise. So maybe, that's why the government's interested in him is because they know that maybe if they have more information than we have on gen- on UFOs and things like that, that they specifically will come after people with a gen- certain genetic makeup. So maybe they know that it's also good for them to try to figure out like what exactly is that piece of DNA that they're trying to go after. Yeah, that's really possible too, right? Or maybe targeting people with uh, certain like psychic or telepathic abilities or, uh, you know, just people who are more able to tap into the like, other spiritual realms i wonder if they target those people also yeah because it may not even be like an off-planet thing it may be like an interdimensional thing as weird as that sounds like what if a spaceship I'm more of that mind yes it exactly. isn't actually like a spaceship but it's rather like a transportation device to go between dimensions you know yes that personally i take more of like that stance but like of course i'm, I'm not an expert and i'm open to like being wrong <laughs> i would like to entertain all ideas because they're all probable yes. like we'll never know until like we literally have an alien in front of us and we can go why do you fly how the fuck does that happen <laughs> right or they could lie to you so you might still never know i yeah, hope exactly. at least one day when we pass to like the next life that that we, then at least we find out i always say that i'm like please i hope at least then <laughs> To pass away, not remember what happened, look up, and yeah. all of a sudden your hands will be gray, and you'll have three fingers, and you'll be like, all right, I guess I know now. This no, must be the don't... next level of consciousness. The question when I die is, like, if I get to, like, you know, be in front of God one day and be like, is it flat or is it a globe? Like, I just want to <laughs> know so bad. He just give, he gives you a funny look and then tells you to turn around. He'd be like, oh, my God, just send her away. <laughs> Fuck you up all together. It's actually that, uh, what's that term called? It's like golf ball earth, I guess you could say there's, oh, there's yes. a specific term where it's a bunch of little like divots into other little worlds <laughs> honestly who knows right but uh yeah it's just it's it gets wild especially with like the interdimensional stuff in like in like putting that in kids minds i feel like they are almost in a way preparing the youth for even like certain related things especially well that's a hot topic right now because they're about to fire that thing back up soon so some people say it even happened already. Some people were saying that the July 5th date to fire up CERN again is like a false date and they're doing it actually right now this week. 
Speaking of that, it happened about two months ago, but it's another thing I've been kind of interested in lately. Have you heard the thing about the Sphinx's eyes? No, what's that? Oh my God. So, okay. So there's this, uh, you have to look it up directly after the show. I was just talking about it on one of my other shows, but, uh, so there's this prophecy that talks about how when the Sphinx closes its eyes, the Pharaoh's warriors or whatever they're worded as will leave forever because it's like showing that it's the end of times and they know that there's no hope left or something along those lines. You have to watch the video about it. But so people are taking pictures (laughs) and I wasn't there. Uh, we're asking people on the show if there's anybody in Egypt they can go and take a picture of this and see if it looks different. Like, let us know. It may also be a certain thing where it's like a Mandela effect. But yes. if you look at it, it looks like the Sphinx's eyes are like closed now, like weirdly. Like, I'll send I'll send you the video. But then the other part that links in with that is that there's the whole thing with the Mona Lisa that everybody yeah. was talking about how they couldn't decide if it was a smile or a frown, and now it looks like a very clear smile. Mm. So what if all of these things with art was manipulated? because of them starting CERN up, because I feel like, like you were saying, they're not going to advertise the day. They're going to say this is the day, but I feel like they're going to conduct the real experiment before that. And then if anything, they're just doing like a, like a light show, you know, like on that date that they're saying that yeah. they're doing something. It's like the official, like, you know, let's take a, a highlight reel for the news version, but yeah, exactly. really they're, they're doing the other work on other days anyway. Yeah. It's, it's scary, man. Like, <laughs> That Sphinx thing sounds really weird. I got to look into that for sure. But uh, yeah, sorry, go ahead. So I had uh, somebody come on my show recently too that was uh, kind of told everything from like his Christian perspective. But mm-hmm. he was talking about CERN and he was like, what if CERN and everything that's been happening, the Mandela effect, what if like with CERN, they're trying to alter reality. But if there is a God, he's like, you can't alter my reality. I alter it. So rather than reality being dramatically altered, like mm-hmm. if there is a higher power, he's basically just trolling us and going, all right, you know, I'm going to fuck up your kids' memories. I'm going to do this. I'm going to change the name of this. He's like, you guys want your reality change so bad. This is what I'm going to do to it. And just misconstrue uh, everything. There, so there was no tell. Sinbad movie. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, yes, there effing was. I swear to God. I remember that movie. I'm, swear- I'm serious. That's a big one that bog- boggles my mind is the Sinbad movie. And then even Sinbad himself says that he never did a movie. And I'm like, Yes, you did. <laughs> See, I've been hearing a new one too. I got to ask you about this one. Uh, yeah. So Ron from Wicked Planet pointed it out and I'm mm. on the side with him that I believe that this was the way it was, but there's a lot of people on the other side. So now it's like, I'm getting confused myself, but uh, okay. Hamilton being president, was he ever Hamilton. president? Well, I'm not American, so I'm probably not the best person to ask Hamilton. Well, what's the first name? I'll just I, see if it like rings a bell. See, I have too many friends with the last name hamilton. hamilton so i don't want to like say the wrong first name <laughs> oh, crap. Yeah, i'll just i'll just google it real quick yeah, even better but uh okay. yeah he was saying that he remembers him definitely being president he remembers learning about it me i remember learning about it and i remember having this like chart of presidents when i was a kid and like even my co-host on the show earlier was like he was never president he was just this person and the ron's co-host on his show was saying the same thing but then oh. there's other people with Ron and then, you know, I agree with Ron that I remember him being president one, not during my lifetime, of course, but I remember learning yeah. that he was president at one point. I, so, okay. The name in question is Alexander Hamilton. And I feel like I remember that that rings a bell as the, pre- as a president that I've heard. Yeah. Cause he's on a fuck. What, what dollar bill is it? I'm oh, is he on money? It. Yeah. He's on the $20 it, bill. According to Google, it says Hamilton was never president of the United States. See, it's kind of weird that they have to highlight that out though. It's like literally the first sentence. See, that's what fucks me up too, is that it's like, 
is it just a matter of just people being mass confused and they're just testing mm-hmm. things out to see if they alter the internet? Because everybody, nobody, it's, there's not a lot of people that are like, oh yeah, this is hundred percent how it is. I don't have to look it up. Like, even if you know the answer, you still look it up. So it can completely still- misconstrue your perception of reality by just altering small little things on the internet. Yes. I'm just looking up what money is he on. $10 bill. Oh, $10 bill. Yeah, I was off. Apparently he was the nation's first treasury secretary. That was, was never was Kyle never a president. Too. I don't know. I feel like he was a president. That's <laughs> what I was saying too. Like I, I, I swear I remember learning like but my biggest one is usually the whole uh curious George thing. Because I remember having a stuffed curious George as a kid and with a tail it above my head with the tail. Like I remember specifically doing that with the tail. And he I remember 100% the books had, had, had a tail. He had a tail. Yes, he did. He did. The modern Curious George does not. I don't believe. The and that's one, like, maybe my... where it's a fuck up of like, like I, I don't know. Like I don't have any old Curious old George books to reference, new. but yeah. Yeah. But, like I feel like my kids have DVDs of the newer Curious George series and I feel like he does not have a tail. Yeah, because he's supposed he's to be... He's more human-like. <laughs> maybe they're doing that on purpose. <laughs> back to the chimeras and stuff right or these uh animal hybrid races who knows and it's a man in a yellow hat taking care of this little monkey boy like why does that weirdly enough give me a lot of vibes of like uh pinocchio for example pinocchio yeah and even back to minions like minions are these little yellow dudes who look phallic and eat bananas they love bananas they want to serve the evil master. They serve Gru, G-R-U, and they have like a diamond crest on their overalls with a G in the middle, like Freemasonry. I was just about to mention that too. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> and uh, wasn't, wasn't, isn't like the overall minion look, there was something that had to do with some type of like Nazi experiment where they had like people wearing like a costume that was like similar to that. Oh, I don't know. I never heard that one before. Maybe. I don't know if it was just some like random clickbait thing, but I remember reading something at some point about that. I'll have to look into it more after the show, but Hmm. yeah, I'm not sure about that one or um, the other like really popular one. Probably a lot of people are familiar with is monsters Inc. And yeah. 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 I pointed out to somebody else too, on a show that they didn't put two and two together on this one, that they have a machine specifically that's intended to suck the screams out of people. Sounds a lot like an adrenochrome machine, right? Except the only Certainly difference does. is it's going in the front of your face instead of the back of your neck. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. So yeah, to suck out the energy, like, or the adrenaline or whatever. And then they end up finding out that the uh, happiness and laughter is more powerful than fear in the end. Right. That's the part that fucks me up is I don't know how to connect that part. Like, well, I feel like it's trying to show us that, like, you know, the human spirit and love and happiness and kindness does trump fear. But so was Monsters Inc. being rather than like (laughs) hiding a subliminal message is like a fuck you. They're actually trying to hide it subliminally to say, like, we'll rise above it. Well, I feel like a lot of these movies, they do end they end well anyway, like even like Avatar, for example, Avatar is all about you know like the corporate machine and like that's coming to destroy the natural earth and then they do rise above they do raise their consciousness same with like the matrix they rise above the machines and they end up defeating it and whatever but is that just to give us hope is that just a fiction like 
it reminds me a lot of like the whole Native American slash like settlers concept, except for the fact that like the end of the story was the opposite where the industrial Oof. machine did take over. <laughs> yeah, I don't. Yeah, I don't know why they do that. Like, because obviously they want the latter. I'm sorry, the former to win like that. You'd think they would like the mechanical to take over or even like Wally, you know, the Wally story. Mm hmm. Yeah. So yeah, he's like, the last robot left on Earth because all the humans left because they all like destroyed the planet so bad. Weird. Right. Oh, that sounds very relatable. And they're all attached to these screens and ride around little carts. Yeah, exactly. And then they end up remembering like how how humanity used to be and like they didn't always like fly around in chairs and like got like severely obese because they never moved. And like and then they grow a plant for the first time in like 100 years or however long it is, you know. <laughs> Like they start to remember like their old ways. And it's like, so is it showing us that like we should remember? I feel like it's naturally ingrained in people that it's like we have this draw to live like that. Like one thing I always like to point out is the fact that it's like, what do people decorate their house with? It's usually pictures of like the woods outside. Like we have a call to the wild, but we're fighting it to try to live in society because we feel like there's no other option. I think, well, yeah. And, and the life is made so convenient that it's like, you know, even with all that's going on in the world, a lot of people are probably thinking about prepping at least a little bit, maybe not too, uh, too much of an extent, but that's a like control th- thing. They're trying to control the food source so that they can tr- control people because if nobody has food, people will quickly turn on friends, family, neighbors. <laughs> and that's another thing I've seen in kids, kids TV shows too. I can't remember exactly which one it is, but I feel like my little guy, he watches boss baby, the cartoon. Mm-hmm quite a bit and i feel like it was in that and also puppy dog pals yeah my Disney. son watches that one too and i think there was a couple episodes where like the bad guys ended up like doing a power outage and like food was scared or it was like this weird montage where like one of the characters was like and then the power will be gone and there'll be no food and everyone will kill each other it was like whoa <laughs> like, weird how that's like, going down <laughs> i was like washing dishes and i was like what the fuck <laughs> <laughs> So I feel like they just throw in these like little quick, like quips of like agendas, especially Disney. They're, they're like, oh. fuck you. Cause everybody just looks at them like they're humble and like, there's some good family oriented thing. And the only people that are looking at them is conspiracy theorists and the rest of the world still sees them as wholesome and family totally. friendly. Well, like even like you mentioned the movie Uncanto before, and it's like, you know, so many people are just going around with the kids singing like we we don't talk about bruno or whatever thinking it's like super cute and like fun and it's very catchy always disney does a great job like even when i was there like at disney world like you just feel happy there you feel so good and i was like i never want to leave it's literally (laughs) like it's literally like a magic spell is like over you maybe there is a magic spell there there might be there might be but then like in Encanto, okay, so like I do tend to take like more of a Christian and like Catholic perspective on things. So like in Encanto, I even noticed that like it's normalizing occultism and mysticism, obviously, mm-hmm. in the movie uh, and magic, using magic and almost the desire to be magical is better than being normal and like boring, mm-hmm. right? And then I noticed even too, like there's a priest in the little town who consults the magic family on things and, but they never, they never mention Christ ever in like a Disney movie. That's like a no, no, like that but does yet not they've happen. done movies on spiritualism because they made things like soul. 
Yes. Oh, exactly, but another yeah. thing I want to point out before you stray too far from that movie is they even are yeah. pushing the woke agenda in that because they have the super duper masculine feminine or like sister. Yeah, so they're the trying sister. to show this like mix between masculine and feminine and normalize it. Yeah, absolutely. I noticed that for sure. The sister who, yeah, who's very muscular and like that she prides herself on being strong. And then I noticed too, like the Bruno guy who is like the mystic of the family when he gets his visions, his eyes go green and the, the puzzle pieces of his visions are green as well as in Sonic movie two, there's an emerald that they're all after. That's green. The chaos emerald. The chaos emerald. Exactly. And whoever controls the chaos emerald can turn their thoughts into reality. Shit. And what's the thing they say that's super occultic when they find it too? They say something like chaos is power or something along yeah. those lines. Yep. Dr. Robotnik, which is Jim Carrey's character, when he finally gets it in his hands, he goes, chaos is power. And I was like, in the movie theater, I'm like, what the fuck? Not to mention Jim Carrey to begin with. Like, exactly. that fucking dude is like, he'll show up to like interviews and be like, I'm only here because I was thinking of the most pointless thing I could possibly go to. Because Mr. Illuminati himself. <laughs> yeah, Mr. Illuminati himself throwing up the triangle everywhere and the mocking tongue and like all that. And it's like, yeah, him of all people is playing this character. And again, and then his character goes on to basically destroy the area and rebuild it as he sees fit. And is that not what Freemasonry is about? Mm-hmm. I was going to say, what chaos. side do you see Jim Carrey on too? Because I feel like mm-hmm. there's like this transition where maybe he started like fully working for occult practices. And mm-hmm. then I feel like now he's at a point where one, it's either a trick to make people that are into this method of thinking, go, this guy's onto something and follow him in that aspect and think he's right. a good guy or yeah. two, he's overdriving it on purpose because he's trying to make people like us, like look at him and want to start following what he's saying. Yeah. I'm not sure. I mean, to me, I'd assume he's still on the side of the occult. Like that's what I would think. And trying to like plant agendas. Like, why would he take that role otherwise? I like to imagine that there's at least a good handful of people that are occult tied, such as, you know, New York Patriot, for example, that sure, are like yeah. using it for an aspect of like exposing certain things. Like, well, I just, I just yes. have a lot of hope for people, but I hope there's at least a handful of them out there that are pushing these messages for the sake of like actually getting the message out subliminally because they can't say it directly. That's true. It could be that. Um, or two, like, I know of one actor that I can think of, but I don't want to say his name because I know he like, tries to keep, like, a little profile. And he's not, like, super famous, but um, he is, like, actually super religious and, like, very Catholic. But he still just, like, takes jobs, like, horror movies and all this because to him it's, like, just a job. You have to tell me that name after the show. I'm really curious who you're talking about. <laughs> yeah, it's literally it's not like usually like if I say his name, no one really probably even know who he is, but I'll tell you after. Because <laughs> I want to look him up and see if I've seen anything with him in it. Now I'm curious. Yeah. And I just yeah, I've spoken to him personally. And it's like, I think for him, it's just a job just to make, you know, to earn money. And he doesn't believe in anything. He doesn't believe in that mm-hmm. for sure. And because of that, I think he will never get bigger roles because of his views. Yeah, he's not willing to like sell his soul, so to speak, you know. Well, I mean, to me, some of the roles he's done, I'm like, really? But <laughs> I'm just like, okay. But uh, I, yeah, like, I think right now, even he's like not allowed to, he's been kind of like banned from like the press junkets and stuff because of his views. Like, they don't really want, they like excluding him on purpose. 
that's kind of weird because you think that they would purposely try to keep people with like a Christian perspective involved just to try to like adhere to another demographic. Appease another, yeah, appease another demographic, but I don't know. In his case, no, <laughs> I don't know. I think it depends. I think they do choose certain people, like for example, like Justin Bieber is, uh, or Kanye West, like these people who take on a more Christian persona, but I'm honestly not convinced that they are really Christians anyways. I mean, there's a lot of those too. And another right. manipulation thing that I've tend to notice, especially with our generation, I'm starting to see it now with the following generation is mm-hmm. that Disney will take these people who come off as wholesome, like Hannah Montana, for example, where everybody's parents are like following them. They're like, oh, that's right. great. Like my daughter wants to sing like her Hannah Montana. Then all of a sudden, as soon as they come of age, like what do they turn Oof. into? You got Demi oh, Lovato Lord. that's done that. Miley yeah. Cyrus. Uh, what's that new girl's name? I'm not like super up on stuff, but like my daughter's. Billy Eilish? No, no. She no, wasn't a Disney girl, but. Olivia. Oh, uh, Rodrigo. Rodrigo. Yes, yeah. Olivia Rodrigo. Because she was a Disney Channel girl. Oh, I didn't know now, that. Okay. Because my daughter started watching some show, and weirdly enough, it has, uh, what's that dude's name? The guy who became a boxer, last name Paul. I forget the brothers' names. Logan oh, Paul and like something Paul or whatever. Oh, but, I don't know. Yeah, he's just super arrogant. Like he's a boxer, podcaster, a bunch of like he has a wears. Oh, okay, yeah, I think I know. I didn't know he um, he was like a brother duo or whatever. But they they were both in that show together. My daughter started watching it, and I was my daughter listens to whatever the popular song is by her, and I just like click on the video one day because like I don't normally let my daughter watch the music videos because I know what kind of shit they're full of. And I'm seeing this girl who just freshly turned eighteen, and it's just like so creepily provocative that you can tell that the intention behind it was she went from a kid and now they're trying to like get people that aren't pedophiles to be like attracted to younger people. And I can see the drive that they're trying to do with it. Like, especially with TikTok, for example, that the most posted videos are like 13 year olds dancing in like belly shirts and shit. Like and grown ass men are watching that even without the intention of being creepy. Like I'm sure that there's still a good handful of people that are probably fighting like sexual thoughts just because of like the ways they move and just like the things they do. Totally. Yeah. Like you might, you, you know, you may not be like a a pedophile yourself, but you might not be watching that video and not even know how old those girls are. Mm -hmm. That's what I'm saying. They're trying to trick people into that method of thinking without even realizing what they're doing. Cause they're trying to normalize like sexual desires for like younger people. Totally. Yeah, exactly. And just sexualizing kids younger and younger. Mm -hmm. Right. And mm-hmm. even Target, man. Like I went to uh, Target during the winter to try to find my daughter a sweater, like a sweater mm-hmm. in the middle of winter. And I live in Michigan and I could not find one that wasn't like a belly shirt. And then what? as soon as I got into Target, like that was already starting to give me, be my cutoff point for Target. And mm-hmm. then Pride Month happened and the whole fucking front of the store is all covered in this shit. And yeah. they have these signs that are saying they now sell like binders and youth sizes and stuff like that. So that Ew, was my, like, I'm not giving any more money to target like, uh, I don't with their messages of this shit. Like no. whatever, if you want to become a trans as an adult, but like keep that fucking shit away from the kids. Exactly. Yeah. Honestly. So even my 10 year old this year and my, I pulled my kids out of uh, regular school here, but when COVID happened, because I just didn't agree with all that was going on. Ontario was like a really crazy place. All of During Canada, COVID. from what I heard down here. All of Canada was really messed up. And I think, like, BC, Quebec, and Ontario was, like, the worst. So uh, all the kids were masked at all times, even outdoors at recess. 
Um, like it was all the teachers were like on board with like the COVID shit. So I was like, nope, I'm pulling my kids out. I'm they're not wearing a mask all day. Like, forget it. So um they haven't been around like that wokeism, like in school or anything like that. Like it's minimal what mm-hmm. they get. Just like maybe, you know, commercials on TV and like billboards, but they see enough as it is. And um my 10-year-old this past something, well, June, June is just ending today, but in the beginning of June, he goes, uh, mommy, I don't like June. And I said, why? He goes, oh, because it's Pride Month. And I was like, oh. <laughs> and then I was like, well, what do you mean by that? And it's not, then we had to have this huge talk about like, you know, we don't hate people who are, you know, gay and whatever. Like I had to have this whole thing with him because it's hard to explain to them. Like we love people and we want the best for people and we want people to live a happy life. But then at the same time, it's just that it's so pushed. Yeah. Um, and they're exposed to this like very perverse, like sexuality. Like it's become, you know, except your, your friend's gay marriage to like, now let's do BDSM, like in the middle of the w- street. Yeah, like, literally. Sorry. I'm okay with that. Yeah. It's hard to explain to your kid that it's like, I'm not against anybody doing whatever they want to do, but it's like, I'm a heterosexual male and I'm not like trying to, you know, have a heterosexual parade in the street and I'm not bringing my kids to strip clubs. Like, Oh yeah, this is great. Just pay the woman money. But like, just because of pride month, people are using that as an excuse to bring like their kids into like drag queen strip clubs. Like the fuck is wrong with you? Yeah. It's just gotten like way, way out of hand. Like I wouldn't be okay with it if it, if it was heterosexual stuff either. Like, it's just not appropriate. Like, kids and sexuality in the same sentence, like, does not fly. Even, like, in schools <laughs> and shit like that. Like, I went to school and I didn't give a fuck what mm-hmm. my teacher was, care- what, like, who she was married to, what she was doing. So it's, no. like, coming from both sides. Like, I hear these stories and people try to act like, oh, you're so brave. You're so brave about these teachers coming out to, like, their kindergarten class. Like, bro, Ew. if you come out to my fucking kid, we're going to have a problem. And I'm going to meet your ass in the fucking parking lot. Because nice. at the root of the end of the day, you're telling my kid who you enjoy fucking. And I don't care if it's both ways, like kids don't care. So you don't even need to come in there and be like, I just got married. My wife is great. Like it doesn't matter either way. Like your job is there to teach, keep it professional. They don't need to know your personal life. Exactly. It's just, it's just ludicrous. Like, I just don't understand why we need a month to celebrate who wants to screw who. Like, I just don't get it. (laughs) I think they purposely picked the same month as Father's Day, too, to try to keep pushing down the whole, like, masculinity concept. Funny, funny enough. So June is a lot of things. June has Father's Day. And it was Juneteenth this year, too. Juneteenth. Also, June is the month of the Sacred Heart of Jesus in the Catholic Church. So that's another, like, a little little insult to God (laughs) there. (laughs) Um, What else is it? there's that. Oh, what is the other thing? Um, well, the pride rainbow has six colors instead of seven, much like the seven. So going back to the number six, mm-hmm. the number of man, um, calling it pride in itself. Like I get what they're trying to say, but then at the same time, pride is one of the seven deadly sins. And what, yeah, what don't they connection. say? Don't they say after pride comes the fall? Yep. And Isn't the that whole concept too, that if you put pride month together and you grab the middle words that ends up popping out as demon unrelated, I guess, but still okay. kind of weird because you take P R I D E M O N demon T H mm. <laughs> right in the center of it. Interesting. <laughs> right. Yeah. I just think there's a lot going on there. That's 
the, again, okay, so there's um, someone I heard said it really well. The thing is, these agendas are not our own. They're obviously like pushed on us. And I think in the culture, again, in, in, we live in a much more spiritual and magical place than a lot of people think. So I do believe, that's my own personal belief, that like a lot of these ideas are influenced by entities and people when they practice occultism and magic to contact these things, they do get influenced by that and then it infiltrates into the culture. And I do think governments, like the shadow government, is actually not human. What's uh, what's your theory? Because, <laughs> uh, I mean, I've kind of come to this whole concept where it may not necessarily be like reptilians. We may not fully understand what these things are, but they're like some type of like mm-hmm. dark force that isn't mm-hmm. like a physical being like we are like they're like people get into the whole reptilian concept and they also get yes. into the whole like shapeshifter concept but that may not yes. be the case they might just be something that knows how to control a vessel so that's where you see the shape-shifting appearance of like a reptilian it yes. may be like what they look like in a sense but it's like from them taking over that vessel that it starts yes. to kind of project onto them almost like when somebody gets possessed and their face kind of resembles like the demon that's possessing them totally yeah so i it's my own opinion that the story of like the fallen angels is much more like a real literal thing than I think like a lot of people take it for. So like actually um, in my own like research and stuff, I came across this lady named um, Carolyn Hamlet. And I don't know if you've heard of her before, Mm -mm. but uh, she claims to be somebody who, uh like was recruited or like born into kind of like working for like a luciferian organization she's like we don't have a name it's just we just work for lucifer basically (laughs) and so like uh but basically you could call it like not the illuminati because she's like i don't want it to be confused with like the bavarian illuminati like the traditional like historical one but it is like the illumined ones i would call it and that's what they consider themselves so her mother was one as well, and they were recruited for like their tel- like telepathic type of abilities mm-hmm. and like able to astral project. Basically, her and her mom were like, uh, what do you call it? Interpreters between entities and the physical human government. So she's like, we have meetings with like what you would call aliens, but they're not aliens. They are demons who influenced the governments to do all kinds of shit. And then people like her interpret the message. It's funny, right before you started talking about that part, I started right. making this connection in my head, which would also fit in with that too, that uh, what if like fallen angels, like mm-hmm. taking the term fallen angels, what if it was more like something crashed onto the planet and people perceive it as like a falling angel and it may be some type of like extraterrestrial being that like came to the planet then and it's just many different words for it some people call it a demon some of it called mm-hmm. like a shadow entity like you know it's just different misinterpretations of the same thing but like in a more literal sense it was like a physical being of some sort that came here and crashed into the planet which would be where they'd be like oh that's a fallen angel because they just saw this giant thing fall out of the sky and crash onto the planet you certainly know? could be a literal falling like it certainly could be well um there's also like you know the paramount logo is like I think it has 22 stars uh, around Mount Her- Herman or Herman Hernan Herman, and that's supposedly in the Book of Enoch where like the angels fell 
onto that mountain. Huh. No, that's I didn't Paramount. even know that one before. That's a new one. That's the Paramount logo. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like these, these ideas in like entertainment and like politics, they're not our ideas. I don't believe a lot of them. Like, yes, humans are very creative for sure. Like, but I think a lot of humans naturally are very good and like positive and like create beauty. And like, yes, we work through our sadness and our anger, but we create like beautiful things. I mean, what if it's like a dark force that attaches itself to you and they like find a way Mm -hmm. to like manipulate you without you realizing it. And then you like, you know, say somebody does like a piece of art and they put some occult shit in without realizing it. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And that's why I think you end up seeing a lot of the same symbols in a lot of things. Like, because again, it's maybe not our idea. It's them coming through us that create these things. Like why the fuck is the triangle everywhere? And the one eye and everything is 33 and everything is 666. And like, there's, these are not coincidences, you know, like that's that's what it happens way too frequently for it to be a coincidence. Way too frequently, or even like in civilizations with like, if you follow mythology and symbolism, like great civilizations arose and fell because it's almost like if entities were influencing and then you see in their mythology, these same stories, how many gods can you think of in Egypt, Rome, Greece? That's the same God with the same abilities or representations across these different cultures. And the symbolism is also similar. And even just like misinterpreting like the wording of it, like son, God, son of God. (laughs) Could be for sure. Certainly could be. Um, And like, yeah, there's just too many coincidences to me. Like, and if you follow the symbols and the mythologies, it's like, again, the rising and falling of these empires. And now the one that we're witnessing right now is the rising and falling of the American empire. And I mean, even going off that too, I mean, if there was multiple fallen angels that fell too, like there could be different ones controlling different governments. And that could be kind of like where these like internal battles come into consideration is that we're doing these like mob wars for beings that we don't even understand. Totally. Yeah, that's a really good way. I honestly think that's a great way to think of it. Just from like my own research, I think that's probably very accurate. Um, And like from a Christian perspective, you know, we think that Satan is the prince of this world. So like, yes, God is controlled above all, but he allows, you know, the devil and evil to do what it does for whatever reason. I'm not going to be, you know, assuming his wisdom. It it may be one of those things, too, that in order for great things to happen, you have to have a negative, for example, like podcasting. A lot of people wouldn't start it without (laughs) COVID happening. Right. Then exactly. You have to almost have like a worthy adversary to rise up, like to prove yourself against Keeps you know life I mean? entertaining in a sense too, you know, because totally. it's, like, it's almost like playing like a like farm simulator versus playing some exciting adventure action game. Like if <laughs> if God's like spectating, he doesn't want to watch people playing fucking farm simulator forever. He wants to see some crazy <laughs> shit going on. You know what He's I mean? He's like, fuck the Sims. Let's get some GTA up in here. <laughs> yeah, literally. <laughs> and oh, even if we... you go into the concept of like consciousness being spread yeah. between everybody and it just living and seeing itself. Like mm-hmm. not every single time are you going to play the game and want to play the same game continuously. You know, like some people play totally. Grand Theft Auto and they want to drive in the lines and drive the car nice and obey traffic and do all that. Yeah. And other people just want to fly through red lights and hit hookers. Like, yeah, it's so funny. I just had a, a friend of mine on the spiritual gangsters for my show. 
And she talks about that all the time, how life is a video game. That's honestly, (laughs) I compare it a lot to a video game, even just like the aspect of like people talking about how we relive lives until we learn the thing that we're supposed to learn. It's almost like reminds me of like a tutorial for like a video game. Like it won't let you start the game. It's going to keep restarting you from that starting point. until you learn how to play the fucking tutorial. And clearly as humans, we've never gotten past the fucking tutorial. (laughs) We're still, we're still working on it. Honestly, it's so funny. We're like like at the halfway point flag or something, you know, when you like get halfway through the level, you pull the flag. So you can start from that point instead of the very beginning. It's like, maybe, maybe we're there. But we have not, no, we have not reached like ultimate boss level yet. But oh, shit, maybe, it's maybe, taken us thousands of, it could be even more than that years to get to that point. So shit. <laughs> oh, honestly, like who knows? But uh, yeah, we, I think we do like God and his wisdom, obviously he allows certain things to happen. And again, like even with COVID, like honestly, as rocky and traumatizing as a lot of it has been just in like my own like personal daily life. And I see it like, for my children i'm sure you see that as well like it was not it was hard right like these first these last two years have been really hard i don't regret it to be honest talk about hard for the kids too like confusing at least coming confusing. from like conspiracy minded type parents also like i'm not saying <laughs> in a bad way but it's like they're seeing the rest of society yeah telling everybody them to wear masks and all this and then they have like their parents that are clearly different than everybody else that are like don't fucking wear that mask and yeah. if you wear that mask like if your teacher tells you to wear it, like you tell her to take that shit up with me and you take that damn mask off. Like, right. Yeah, exactly. Because they're like, like fuck, it- which side do I follow? My parents or do I follow society? Like they're in this like right. weird gap, but maybe it's yeah. a good thing because maybe they'll learn to question and figure things out for themselves because they're used to hearing two different, Absolutely. completely different side answers. It's so funny because like, yes, in a way we've ostracized our kids a bit, probably by having more of that attitude towards things. Um, but even like, I, again, I don't regret it because my kids are very aware of a lot of things. And we have a lot of honest and open conversation about all that's going on. And I explain to them why, like, I believe certain things or whatever. Um, and even then, like, my son and I went shoe shopping. Um, I think it was in, like, the fall of 2020 or 2021. It's like such a time warp, honestly. But uh, we, I was about to buy him these new running shoes for, like, the school year. And he was trying them on. He like he picked them out himself. He really liked them, like basketball shoes or whatever. And then he looks at it and he's like, oh, oh, mommy, I don't want these shoes anymore. And I said, why? What happened? And he's like, look. And he takes it off and he shows me because it was like all black. So it's like the, the symbol was also black. So it was like hard to see, but it was kind of like raised or whatever. And it was a Kyrie Irving shoe. But it was like the triangle, like with the eye, like all, you know, all the symbols on it. And I was like, yo, what the heck? And he's like, mommy, I don't want this shoe. Because he knows, like, he almost has like an internal knowing of like, maybe this is like something that I don't want on my body. See, it's weird, too, because it's become yeah. so defined in hip hop culture that oh. I feel like half the people that are using those symbols, like are literally using them because they think they're cool because everybody else yeah. in the community uses them. They have no idea. Totally. What it is. Or they're just like, haha, Illuminati, and not realizing yeah. like, what that really means. Totally. They think it's a joke. And it's funny, like when Jay-Z like throws up like triangle or whatever, right? Um, it's funny because <laughs> I actually uh had posted a picture like on my Instagram in like 2013 or something. Like I've had Instagram since like 2011. So like 2013, <laughs> I had posted a picture of Hitler throwing up 
the triangle and then I forget what the caption was, but I was like, be careful, like who you idolize or something. I had written something like that because it was like kind of making, not making fun of, but like jabbing. Shit, idolize like, no one. <laughs> well, and then like, you know, Jay-Z throws that up all the time, but it's like, yo, who threw it up first? Fucking Hitler. <laughs> <laughs> not to mention, I guarantee you, he already knew about a lot of occult things because literally oh, the swastika 100%. was the symbol for like peace and love. And as a disrespectful way, they turned it sideways a hair bit. So I'm sure that that was completely intentional too, because Absolutely. it's just like the uh, the five point star from paganism. You twist it a little bit to the side, and then you can completely change the meaning and demonize the hell out of it. Absolutely, yeah. It's funny. I was talking about um, Nazis and occultism with uh, New York Patriot last night when we were, we were talking about Roe versus Wade, and then we ended up like somehow said it always goes back to Nazis somehow. <laughs> <laughs> but we ended up talking about that and like how obviously like Nazis were very into occult shit. And again, this, what I said, said yesterday was if you follow again, like the symbols of like prominent empires, all of them have the Eagle or the mm -hmm. double headed Phoenix. It's like, is that just like a favorite of these entities that they like, this is the symbol we're going to use. Like claim, we're claiming it. <laughs> See this that, that makes me make a connection too of like what's the uh Egyptian god that has like the bird head? Uh Horus. So I wonder if that's intentional like that, that they're trying to represent Horus then, uh like in a not so obvious way. Oh, uh, I would think so. And you know who else is a big fan of Horus? Alistair Crowley. Of course. <laughs> of course. Of course. Yes. You know? So like, to me, it's like, it's just, it's so obvious. Once you start to like, look at these seemingly very different elements, it all comes together. And like it, to me, it's like always the same story over oh, and over look crazy again. to the rest of the world though, making those connections. <laughs> Maybe one day everyone will get it. I think, but I like yeah. taking snippets of these conversations <laughs> And just like listening to them from like an outside perspective and just going, damn, if you weren't in on the conversation of what's happening, like that sounds fucking crazy. <laughs> totally does. Oh, man. Yeah. This conversation, my our episode last night, like if you don't have a basic understanding of like, you know, symbolism and like, I don't know, like gematria and stuff, you would not be able to follow that conversation whatsoever. If you go in there and be like what are they talking about? Like, why is eight bad? And like 17 is everywhere. <laughs> it's also kind of weird to think about like how normalized this has become for like us, our type of people to see, but it's totally. like everybody else is still like, wow, those motherfuckers are crazy. And we're just like, no, like it's yeah. right in front of you. Just fucking look at it. <laughs> well, I do think though, like again, conspiratorial thinking is getting more normalized. So like you were saying that politician using it in like her advertising. And then like, you know, even like my parents and I talk about this kind of stuff all the time now, whereas they used to look at me when I'd say your news is manipulated and stop watching CNN. My, my mom was a CNN addict since the OJ Simpson trial. Like wow. since I was a foo, since I was 11 years old, CNN's been on in my house almost 24 hours a day. Like as long as she's awake, like CNN was on. So it's like she's gone from that to like me, like pushing her and pushing her. Like during COVID, I was like, "Mom, aid for a degree for me to like analyze media. Like I'm telling you, they're not telling you the truth, and I can prove it to you because like look X Y Z." 
And then finally, she got it one day. Uh, it was honestly like a, a miracle because her and I, we used to then like argue about it. Like we'd start to go back and forth and then we just like agree to disagree because it's getting like way too heated. Like she'd defend Biden, she trashed Trump. And I mean, again, Trump is not a good guy to me, but I mean, like, no matter what people want to look at, the dude's still linked to Epstein. Like, just take that into consideration. Totally. But like, I was more the proving the point to her of like, the media is lying about this to you. Like certain things that he'd say, they take it out of context, of course, and, you know, run with it a certain way. Or like, yeah, she'd defend like Biden. I'm like, but what? <laughs> like, don't defend this guy. Because like, look at this or whatever. Anyways, the one day she finally got it and it actually was um, something about with the vaccine that made her finally click in. And I kind of got her because my parents are very, very like traditionally religious. So I got her on like that. So I feel like if you want to like red, red pill your family or a friend, you have to like think of what is it the thing that you're going to get them on? Because there's so many pieces to these puzzles that it's like you just have to hone in on like the one issue that they cannot argue with you about. You just got to go up to a Christian and start <laughs> saying that the vaccine is the mark of the beast. Well, that's fli- kind of <laughs> like how I got her. It was like this really well done video. But I think it's also because I was chipping away at her for like a year and a half or however long. Right. So I was like True. slowly, like just like hammering her with shit and just like plant a seed, plant a seed because you never know when the seed is going to sprout. Very <laughs> and- true. Finally, one day it did. So like, thank God, because just in time, because she was thinking about getting it. And I was like, please, God, no. (laughs) I'm glad I convinced my girlfriend before all that stuff went down, because it's not that she wasn't like open minded, but uh, especially like since I started my podcast and she's been like listening, listening to it, Mm -hmm. like went off from like the, oh, you sound crazy. Ha ha is a joke. (laughs) Now she's like, yeah, no, these, these people are trying to manipulate our kids. Like she gets into it just as much as I do now. So it's like, I'm glad that I was finally able to like, like she, she had her eyes like half cracked, but I'm fine. I'm happy that now she's fully, I don't like woke anymore because they kind of hijacked that word. Awake. She's awake. Awake. Yes. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Not woke, but awake for sure. Yeah. That's great. Through your work, you at least save the person you love the most. And my daughter too, because I already got her open to these concepts too. So see, exactly. We're raising the, the next generation of, uh, you know, freedom fighters, I guess. (laughs) Hey, and I've talked to somebody on other podcasts about it too, that said that maybe we're not the ones that are meant to start the revolution, but we're the ones that are meant to like get the revolution rolling, you know, like it may not be our generation that gets anything done, but our kids' generation and then their kids' generation. And when they have three generations of them being taught this mindset, maybe then that will finally be the mindset of when everything's going to flip. Like we're, we're the start of it, you know, it could be, uh, yeah, it could be, I do tend, tend to think we are a little bit for, further along, like that we will change a lot and that like our kids will probably be like the, I mean, I'm just speculating, but be like the final ones. That's what like, I was going to say, like the finishers, end it, the finishers of it. Um, Cause there is, I don't know if you've heard of like, I think it's called the three waves or something. Uh, what's her name? I talked about it once on another show with um, on New York Patriots show. I think her name is Dolores Cannon. I'm just Googling it quick. Um, oh, oh, I can't see my screen. Dolores Cannon, three, three waves. So it's the three waves of volunteers for the new earth. So again, this is like a very new age concept, but from my yoga days, I am very open to like a lot of things, but, um, 
yeah, she talks about, I think the generation above us, like older than us, were the first ones to start to like break this like programming and like kind of recognize the forces that manipulate us. I guess that fits because there are a lot of podcasters that are like in that age demographic too. Yeah. Because I'm 28. So I'm like, I feel like the second generation in a sense, you know? Right. Yeah. So like the guys in like, you know, their 40s and 50s and like even, um, yeah, there's a lot like that. For sure. Like the OGs, I guess. Right. Yeah. I mean, some yeah. of them are just now starting up their shows and everything, but like they've been mm-hmm. in this mindset for a long period of time. Like totally Ron from uh, Wicked Planet, for example, you know, like yeah. he's just now starting to make his podcast try, try to take off. But, you know, he's right. been one of these people for probably most of his life. Totally. They've been into the research for 10, 20 years, like or more. Right. So they just didn't have very- the platform to get the information out. Totally. Yeah, exactly. So that is like the first wave. Then we are the second wave. And then like our children is the third wave. And hopefully that'll be all we need because third, third time's the charm, you know, (laughs) hopefully. And I, I think so. And then like, I just try to, to tie it in from like all different perspectives. So like, again, I feel lucky to like have had my experience experiences with like new age beliefs and like uh, yogic philosophies and then like meditation and stuff. Cause I feel like I can understand both sides, like the Christian side and then like the new age side and where they're, where they're both coming from. And then to like meet them in the middle. I was going to say our age group too. I feel like the way we're raised also plays a big factor in having that mind or that mind setting, I guess. Um, yes. Because, you know, we lived in half digital, half analog, you know, yeah. so we kind of have that, that two sides of the spectrum where we can get along with the younger generation and we can get along <laughs> with the older generation. Cause we kind of understand both sides. We're a bridge. I think they call us zennials. Is the proper term X-E-N-N-I-A-L-S because we did, like you said, have an analog childhood and then a digital teen and adulthood. So we're like the friggin' unicorns of the world. <laughs> yeah, we're, the, we're that weird generation that bridges the gap. It even makes it so that like, you know, theoretically, I think that if say we're in a room and there was like a Gen Z and then like mm-hmm. a boomer, for example, you know, like those two wouldn't get along together in the room. But I feel like if you throw a millennial in the middle, like yeah. that would probably be the connecting factor. That'll be like, hey, you have this in common with this. And they would have never came to that without their own because we're we're that middle ground that keeps the keeps the generations together. I think so. I think that that's like a big part of our role in this is to like bridge the keep, old with the new bridge the old with the new and then like still preserve like those old older values and like <laughs> I want to want to say like traditions because a lot a lot of traditions have been kind of lost but like still keeping that spark of like humanity and not to go like the warnings of like digital digitalization mm-hmm. it's like no like please like don't don't get too like caught up in like you know snapchat and filters and metaverse and don't fuse your soul with AI for God's sakes. Like, don't you see that that's a bad thing, <laughs> right? Like this can't be good. Whereas like a younger generation who's been primed and programmed from like the time they were a toddler might be very open to that. I mean, I think we're the ones age. too that are holding on to the whole views of like gender roles too. Cause you know, yeah. like, people hear that and they're instantly thrown off. Like it's a bad thing, but I kind of see it as like in nature, even it's a necessity that it's like this certain thing is geared to have this specific job this certain thing is geared to have this specific job. And totally. like, we're still in touch with that, but the younger generations have been so confused by media that they've lost touch with that. 
And because of that, I feel like that's causing a lot of issues in society because it's like nobody knows how to read or do things like how nature is intending it for it to be. And I yeah. don't know, people may think I'm an asshole for that, but like, just look at the way any animal works in nature that like, there's certain things specifically that the male animal does to protect the pack. And then there's certain things specifically Absolutely. that the female animal does to protect the pack. And if you didn't mm-hmm. have the combination of both, the pack wouldn't be safe. Like both sides are needed and people need to understand that, you know? Exactly. Both sides are needed. And again, it's like, yes, like we've been created with these differences that are, are beautiful and necessary. It's like, why, why do you want to ruin it? Mm-hmm. right like we shouldn't and again it's very but it's very pervasive like even like so my age you know even with like it seems innocent like spice girls was like their girl power and you know it starts very small but then it gets into like this boss bitch mentality and like then it gets into a very perverse like divine feminine mentality and it's like maybe that's not good and it doesn't come from a good place maybe it comes from somewhere else do even just like general <laughs> music nowadays like most like girl oh God, yeah. anthem type songs are just like you know i don't need you i can do it on my own um mm-hmm. he, he's a piece of shit uh girl power like we don't need no man like which is fine again like it's it's always okay for like women to be independent but it's one of those things too sure. that like there's there's a level of like taking it too far where it's yep. just like, fuck you, I don't need anybody. Like, everybody needs somebody. And it's just finding that other person that you're not relying on, but you right. both complement each other and make each other's life better. Yeah, exactly. Or you get, like, the the Cardi B's of the world who it's like, bitch, get money and buy cars and, you know. Chicks acting <laughs> like dudes. Fuck but your in a, man. <laughs> yeah, chicks acting like dudes, but still acting girly at the same time. It kind of fucks me right. up a little well, bit. <laughs> girls acting like dudes, but then using their sexuality to like screw dudes over. But then you still want respect at the same time. What? You, wasn't there some whole <laughs> thing with Cardi B or was it Nicki Minaj? One of them where yeah. she pretty much got like two guys to like do each other in the hopes of like getting to do her or something like that. And she was just like straight trolling on him or something. I think it was Cardi B. Oh, wow. That's just imagine that like that's how much manipulation power that some of these people have is that they can make two heterosexual males have intercourse with each other in the hopes of having intercourse with her just so that she could troll them and laugh at them after. Well, yeah, like even as a woman, why would you like as a straight woman, why would you want two dudes to do that and then to do you <laughs> i think that's like, power uh, more so than anything it was right, just a test of power getting off on the power of it probably yeah yeah that's true because she and similarly honestly, didn't she, get with either of them but it would have been even worse <laughs> if she was like why would i want to get with a gay man right, yeah. like, after they do she was like you <laughs> yeah exactly it's like oh, yeah that's a crazy manipulation and then too i even see it in like my age group of like mothers and wives it's like we have been so programmed to not desire to be like homemakers. And I'm not saying either way that like, you know, a woman has to be this or has to be that it can do whatever the fuck you want. However, I do feel like it's, um, it's a conflict like within a lot of us, it's fine. It's very common among like my friend group anyway, where it's like, we think we should be at home or we should work. And it's like, we're shooting ourselves all the time. And we, we are just trying to do the impossible of like being everything to everybody. Whereas like my mom's generation was more like happy and more fulfilled 
in the home or they did work too, but like they were just more fulfilled by their family. Whereas like girls now are like, okay, but like I can have kids, but then I got to have like my side hustle. And then, you know, or if I work full time, then I've got to be like at all the school things. And like, like we just are just mind fucking ourselves out of being happy. I mean, as wives and mothers too it's like a manipulation <laughs> in the aspect too that like they were in the 90s and stuff like women should work yes which i agree mm-hmm. with of course too but it's sure. pushed it to a point now where it's like my lady and i both work full time and we're just getting by and mm-hmm. i also feel like that's a subliminal thing because what happens when the parents are spending less time with the kids it's destroying that yeah. whole family construct which is again something they've been trying to push for a long time where totally. now it's like your kids are spending most of their days getting raised by these woke ass fucking teachers because both parents have to work full time. Yep. So it's just pushing again, the children away from the parents because society absolutely that you have to have two full-time jobs to even kind of get by. Totally. It may, it's almost impossible to get by on one income. And like, I'll say just like in my personal situation here, like, so when, when we had my first son, I was not making a lot of money because I was a yoga teacher. <laughs> but uh, at the time, it was like daycare here in Ontario is like so expensive that like everything I would make would go to pay for daycare. So it's like you might like as well stay home at that point. I might as well stay home, which is what I just ended up deciding. But then it's like honestly, I've struggled with that my whole journey of motherhood because it's like I always feel like not good enough because I didn't work or I like lost myself because I am so focused on like my kids and stuff. And honestly, it's not anything. It's not valued in today's society whatsoever. Like at a say a kid's birthday party or something and be talking with other moms and they'd be like, what do you do? What do you do? And I'd be like, well, mostly I'm at home with my kids. And they're like, Oh, I could never do that. You know, it's that kind of mentality where it's like, ew, you're gross if you stay home. Like, that's but that's like up. a gift in a sense because people look at it like it's a bad thing to spend your time with your kids when it's like, what are you doing otherwise? You're promoting somebody else's dream and spending less time away right? from what really matters to you. So, if anything, right. you should be like, I don't want to say idolizing, but like looking like you should well, prefer, like, even as like a guy, I'm not even saying that as like a gender role thing. Like, you know what I wouldn't give to be able to spend my whole day with my my kids? Yeah. Well, like, and then yes, I yes and no, because it, it's a funny juxtaposition because then once you do have it and you do spend a lot of time with them, you're like, fuck, I wish I was working. <laughs> but that's again where you kind of got to go into the balance thing. You just have it's to a balance, like, you know, exactly. enjoy your kids, enjoy your family, but also remember that you're you and your kids aren't going to be in your house forever. So don't lose track of like totally the things you enjoy. Yeah, exactly. You have to retain a sense of self. I just I see girls my age ish, like in my age group struggle with it so much on both ends of the spectrum. Even my friends who work full-time, they wish they were at home, but they feel like they can't be because life is so expensive. Mm-hmm. You know, they feel like they need the two incomes or they're accustomed to a certain way of living with both incomes. Like we've just been the way it is from day one. So it's like, we don't know any different, you know? So we're just used to it. But um, if you are coming from a two income family, and then going to one and then also with the expense of children, it's like, dude, that's going to rock your boat for sure. <laughs> it's where I've been shit. <laughs> yeah, but. exactly. So it's just, um, it's funny. Like you don't uh, understand the level of like manipulation and like social engineering that goes on 
until you're really like very awake to certain agendas and whatnot. Right. Like you, you both work, but like, you do understand that like they do want you to spend less time with your children. Yeah. And they've been working at that for a long time with a lot of different avenues of it too. So it's kind of like one of those things that you see it so much and so frequently that you can't ignore it anymore. No, exactly. So um, it's it's, wild. It's starting to get late over here. Um, I definitely want to do another part with you. Um, But before we get rolling away here, um, I always like to do words of wisdom from the guests to the listeners. So God, (laughs) (laughs) not to put you on the spot. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Words of wisdom. Oh my gosh. Honestly. (sighs) It can even be something simple. Something simple. Okay. I don't know. Because I've even had people say question everything, like even just something simple. Yeah. Question everything. I'd say, honestly, like, listen to your intuition. That's a good one. In a lot of instances, because if you don't have that and you're not connected to that, you're fucked. (laughs) Hey, that's a connection with body and spirit, too, though, because they say that, you know, you should trust your gut feeling. And they believe that at one time people had a lot more of that. But because of the way society has kind of geared us. Like people just have learned to ignore that where that voice doesn't exist anymore. Cause one thing I've learned in life is that when I meet people, I get a, like, you have like a gut feeling about people. And if I get a bad vibe from somebody, like I never, like it ends up, I've never had a time where it hasn't been true. Like it happens for right. a reason, like <laughs> trust, trust your intuition and in your gut. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Trust your intuition. And when you think, when you see something you think is a manipulation, like follow that, follow that trail, follow that rabbit hole and like, research it, you know, like don't just take it at face value. Exactly. Do your own research. Don't just leave our words for it. Like make your own decisions. Not even me and you. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, for anybody that enjoyed the conversation, uh, where can they come find you again? Um, Yeah. So again, they can find me uh, easiest place to get in touch with me is probably Instagram, which is just my name at Teresa.Kassar. And then uh, my show, the spiritual gangsters podcast is on YouTube. Apple, Spotify, Anchor, um, and then I also co-host with New York Patriot. Um, so he's the New York Patriot show, and he's on all the major podcast platforms. And I'll, of course, add all of the descriptions on at the bottom for everybody that wants to come and check her out. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. Thanks for making the time to come on the show. I know we started a little bit later than I intended, so thank you also for uh, dealing with that with me today. I'm normally no a lot more punctual. It's just, you know, life gets in the way sometimes. So <laughs> just... Two parents understanding each other. It's all good. Always appreciated. (laughs) Thank you again (laughs) for coming on the show and making the time. Yeah, thank you. I had a great time. And for all the listeners out there, I hope you enjoyed the conversation. And uh, I guess I'll catch you on the next one. Have a good night, everybody. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. 
Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill.